0: And now
1: weighing in out of the blue
0: corner, John the 100 Thompson, 100%. and on the other side he weighs in from the red corner,
2: Big John McCarthy. Nice. Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! We are getting closer to Christmas, and we are just tossing out the presents because we have a special interview with a man who will be fighting on new year's eve 12 31 22 the last day of 2022 one archuleta is going to put a whooping on Sucho kim's ass as bellator takes on rising my man josh thompson has been talking about this co-promotion all the time and it's getting closer josh what do you think about this baby what do I think about the co-promotion
0: or what do I think about Juan whooping someone's ass over there? What <laughs> do you yeah. want to know about? You gotta go with both, baby. Ah, uh, so look, co-promotion. I think I've said my piece. The media needs to cover this. Cover. We're covered. To Make sure that, make sure that these fighters get recognized. It's funny when you have somebody who just won the journalist of the year or whatever, but still doesn't know who the fighters names are in Ryzen. It's a little strange to me, but let's just be honest, man. Let's be honest. This is a huge event for the sport of MMA. It's the biggest co-promotion that uh, this sport has ever seen. And it's not one fighter being sent over there. And I'm good friends with Chuck Liddell, but we're not just sending one fighter over there to fight in a tournament and seeing what happens. And there's some other events that have happened as well, like where they've sent one fighter over that wasn't really ranked, or wasn't you know, or it just was one thing. No, no. This is, we're sending the best multiple fighters against their best multiple fighters. And... It's team versus team. Bellator versus Ryzen. It hasn't been done. And this is a big deal, man. This is a big, big deal. And Juan, brother, I'm happy for you, dude. Cause this is, this is every fighter's dream. This is every fighter's dream to be over there. New Year's Eve fighting. I fought over there. I was a co main event over there uh, on a New Year's Eve show. It's a fantastic, a fantastic arena. It's a fantastic place to be. The people are amazing. The energy is just, it's different, but it's still electric and the fans are absolutely just in a positive way crazy they're fun oh, yeah. they're so fun yeah. man they're outside your hotel waiting for you with all different types of stuff the first time I fought over in Japan I had a whole group of I had a whole group of fans uh, throwing oh, rocks yeah. at my window you know <laughs> throwing like little pebbles up at the window yeah these are just they're fun they're respectful it's amazing so I'm happy for you man talk to me what was the phone call like
1: yeah, thank you, man. I mean, uh, it, it actually happened like a week after my last fight, which I was already excited about, you know, I was coming off a good win, like a win that I sh- should have happened the the fight before. But it was like, okay, like, you know, things happen for a reason. And uh, yeah, to get the phone call and say, hey, uh, will you be ready to fight on New Year's? I was like, hell yeah, who am I fighting? And they're like, we're going to have Risen. I was like, no fucking way like don't mess with me like stop messing around and they're like no for real you're going and man since i've gotten into mma and i've been watching mma since like the or late not, uh, 90s with uh, dan henderson watching the ring of fire fights that he was in and just shogun hua and just all these like icons in my eyes uh, at the time um watching mma fighting out there in japan and i was like man one day i'm gonna fight out there And every year I would hit up um, um, King of the Cage, Terry Troublecock, and be like, please get me over there. Please get me over there. And then he was like, oh, I'm trying, I'm trying, and it never would happen. And so now the opportunity presented itself, and I couldn't be more than thrilled. I got some very cool things that I'm going to come out, be able to be a showman. I guarantee my walkout alone is going to take the performance away of the night. Like that's going to be the most talked about walkout ever to happen in MMA. I guarantee it.
2: That's a long walk. I'm telling you. I don't know. You, you're gonna find out the Saitama Super Arena. Have you have you ever even been in the Saitama Super Arena?
1: I've never been there, but I've watched so many videos and be like, oh man, I can't wait. Like when it's my turn to shine, I'm gonna make sure that it's known.
2: One of the coolest things is to watch that thing grow because you know you know it actually changes size. Yeah, yeah it goes from like twenty two thousand to fifty some thousand. It's remarkable to watch the thing. And what you're going to find out, you're going to look at the ramp going down to that, that ring, and you're going to go, holy shit, that's a long way. <laughs> it is. Yeah. But it it, is. it's it's awesome, man. And I'm so happy for you that you get to take part in this. I thought you were an absolute perfect person to uh, be in you. this uh, competition between the two promotions. But the guy that you're fighting, Sucho Kim, I've watched him fight multiple times. He is a good technician. He's He throws straight punches on the feet. Not super dynamic on the feet, but he throws straight punches. And he likes to get into the clinch, but he'll break off of the clinch. He's very similar to you. He'll break off of that to try to land a big shot.
1: Yeah, this is definitely gonna be a fan favorite fight. It was almost like the Barzola fight. Like it's very similar in the styles that this that's gonna happen for us. I wish this was gonna be a five round fight or at least a ten minute round because the way that me and this guy are gonna put on some energy and put out, put on an offense out there, fans are just gonna be thrilled. you know.
2: One of the things that is different though, and I and I've I've said it you know multiple times, the guys from Bellator, you're almost and a little bit of a disadvantage going over to Japan. First off, it's the travel, but you're fighting in a ring instead of a cage. You guys are used to fighting in the cage, what you can do in a cage, how you use the cage. Their fighters are used to the ring. It's a little bit of advantage. They're also going to be fighting under their rule set, which means that you can be kicked to the head, knee to the head in any position. You can get stomped to the head. You can get elbowed from any position, doesn't matter 12 to 6 or anything like that. Every elbow oh, yeah. strike is legal. Yeah. What is are it? you thinking about that? It's not <laughs> just the fact that you get to do it to that guy. He gets to try to do it to you. Well, the
1: best thing to say is TJ Delishaw is my training partner. Yeah. So, <laughs> no, nah, I'm just kidding. But yeah. uh, no... <laughs> Um. Obviously, you see some of my fights, and I've thrown a few soccer kicks in my like uh, fights that were very close to being illegal. This you know? is true. Yeah. So I've, you know, I feel like I have the style to be able to use that to my advantage um, you know I've always wanted to I've actually fought a fight in Lithuania where we used the pride rules and uh, it worked a lot in my favor so I just got to be weary obviously of his um, offense off his back with the knees and the elbows is going to be yep. a little bit different as well but we've been practicing it. I've been having a good guy a group of guys that practice with and they've been throwing them up and it's been you know I've been been ready
2: when you talk about the guys that you've been training with, you've know you you've had Cub Swanson and TJ Dillashaw and all those guys, you guys have formed this you know, just beautiful group together. But a lot of your training has been done at the Huntington Beach Ultimate Training Center, Tiki Goshen, Paul Herrera, guys that, yep, they're old like me. They come from way in the past. But, man, you're talking about guys with a ton of knowledge about the sport. How much has that helped you progress as a fighter?
1: Uh, the last three fights, it's really helped helped me a lot. Uh, Tiki's actually just sat me down and said, "Listen, this is what we're doing. This is what you're doing every day, and we're gonna we're gonna make sure you're ready next time." Then when you get that belt, no one's taking it away. And I was like, "All right, let's do it." So since then, it's been pretty much Groundhog Day with my training, and everything's been immaculate and to the point. And you know, we've had a talk with uh, Josh and I about sitting down and really having a come to Jesus meeting with my team and things like that, and since that has happened, I've, you know, I've been on a mission right now to just go straight forward and, and and not turn back and not be detoured from that point on.
0: When you look at your opponent, I, what I've seen of him, he smothers the space, kind of tries to get to the clinch, knees, elbows, will threaten takedowns here and there. It's pretty much everything you do, except you have a lot more output in terms of the striking, the boxing, the angles. And you like to wrestle, submissions are there, all those things you take down, you cut majority of the time, let them up, but where do you see that maybe that he can exploit you or maybe he you can exploit him?
1: if he sits back and like kind of waits on me, I feel like that's will be him exploiting me a little bit because that's how I've lost a lot of my fights, guys that are very defensive um guys that are more offensive plays more into my favor because I know how I know how to. Handle myself under chaos. Chaos for me is my calm. Where when nothing's happening, because because I grew up wrestling my whole life, you get hit with the stalling, you get hit with another stalling, you're giving up three points. So offensively, it's been like, okay, I can't let this guy sit there and not do anything and be worried about crossing that line. You know, because once you cross that line of You're both able to knock each other out, get a takedown, land a few punches and disrupt someone's rhythm. Then, uh, you know, it it changes the output of the fight and it changes the nervousness of the fight. So my goal is to cross that line and and keep pushing forward on this guy, because I know once I cross, he's going to take a few to give a few and also try to get the takedown. But. I got to make sure the shots that I do land are powerful enough to keep sending them back on his heels. That way I could take the angles and take advantage of the ring space.
0: This is a three, five minute round, correct? Yeah. Okay. And then they didn't make any adjustments or concedements to the, to the rules. So the rules are, John, you said you said that there's elbows on the feet and on the ground. Back yep. back in Dream and Pride, they weren't that way. Yeah.
2: That's right. But yeah, you know, the but the, the Ryzen rules have changed to where they allow all elbows. Doesn't matter the position. Doesn't matter right. the angle.
0: They even allow the twelve to six correct? Yes, they do. Yep. Okay. So given that this is a new rule set, all of those things. And John had asked you about that too. Do you get concerned though, because you do like to wrestle and the wrestling yeah. positions in that front headlock position, your opponent likes to kind of like linger around that position a little bit. How have you been training for that?
1: Yeah. So a lot of my wrestling lately uh, I've been working on, because sometimes I, you know, get my breast against the cage and kind of position myself where I'm waiting for the guy to kind of like loosen up where I could finally take off and um, get my offense back going. Where this one, I'm not going to be able to hang out. So our our wrestling schedule has switched into like, okay, when I shoot this shot, he's going up in the air. When I shoot this shot, I got to take the corner, take the back, whatever it may be, you know. And then as I get him down, you know, I can't st- stay there and try to hold position. I got to start posturing up and start looking to smash on the way down, like I used to in King of the Cage. Like some of my takedowns that I was because wa- I had to watch like. What changed before uh, when I was in King of the Cage to now? And, on, uh, and it was my ground and pound. Like, I wasn't punching people on the way down. I wasn't exploiting something and making them worried about covering up and going defense. And It was like Barzola. When I took him down, he was able to pop back up because I wasn't punching on the way down. Where now I figured out, okay, like, that's what, that's what was missing in my last few fights. On the takedown, I got to show him something to make him nervous about hitting that mat and not think about standing up is making them think about getting punched in the face or getting wrecked when he gets down there.
0: Have you ever been inside a ring like the one that they have in the ropes that they have there in Japan?
1: Yeah. So um, like I said, when I was in the king of the cage days, we used to uh, Joe daddy used to have a, um, a, a ring and he would tighten the five ropes up and they were very bouncy. Cause like, A lot of the fights we watched, and Joe had cornered a lot of people there uh, in Rising and and Pride before. He said, "Remember when you hit these ropes? It's like hitting a like you're going to ricochet so fast off that rope that you have to be ready for that. They are tight, dude. They
2: are so tight. So yeah, they're tight
0: and they hurt. They're tight and they hurt, and they're usually (laughs) rubber coated, so they stick to you a little bit." (laughs) Uh, just yeah, a couple it, things like in terms of preparation like when yeah, you get if you, to the ropes if you
2: slide down the down them it's not like sliding down a nice yeah. covered rope it's it's like a, no. a garden hose yeah
0: definitely. yeah and it, it's, it's not just that but then you're not don't expect to linger against it like you do against the cage cuz you'll have four or five japanese guys trying to push you off <laughs> yeah, and they're basically exactly shaking shoving, the yeah. yeah they're not shoving you but they're also bouncing you the ropes yeah. so they'll push on the ropes to bounce you off to get you back into the center of the the ring or get you off of the ropes so I mean, just saying, those are like things to prepare for if you have a couple more days to kind of just work some drilling against with the preparing for that. Yeah, definitely. Um, what other expectations do you have? And I we have we 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 um you know we've had we've got we're having other guests on they are fighting there, but what other expectations do you have in terms of from Japan from this promotion that you can't wait to 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 be a part of?
1: man, I can't wait to make my name there and be able to become a, a public figure there. Like my whole dream and goal was to get to Japan. And now that that, that goal is finally being achieved, I'm going to be able to make my martial arts known. Like uh, I've already been in contact with a lot of people there about d- afterwards, you know, like not looking after the fight, but talking about afterwards, like really putting on seminars, really growing the sport of MMA and my style of, of fighting because I feel like, I am a new generation of uh, fighter. You know, I, I can put things together, wrestling, jiu-jitsu and, and the boxing, the kickboxing, the angles and things like that. I have my own unique style that I've really been honing in these last few camps. And uh, I'm really excited to learn from them as well. That's the originals um, um, uh, tradition where martial arts start. You know, you think uh, you hear Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but then you realize that Brazilian jiu-jitsu, in fact, actually came from Japan. And, you know, all these... You know, people that came before us that started martial arts, um, you know, the Bruce Lee's and everyone uh, down that how they've grown this sport to be what it is now. And, you know, the I I personally love the way they treat MMA like it's it's sacred to them, you know, and when I was out there promoting the fight um, just this uh, um, in November, I think it was. You know, I got to really talk to the people and learn the Bushido code, uh, so to speak, style of uh, martial arts, and it was really cool. We actually had some guys come out from Japan and train with us, so it's been cool.
2: What was it like when you got that call and you said, hey, they said, we need you to get ready because we need you to go to the actual press conference for it. We want you to do a stare down with your opponent and everything what was all that like for you
1: yeah so i was in abu dhabi at the time with tj and then they were like hey we need you to give um you're not going home you're actually going to japan i was like what <laughs> i was like damn i gotta tell my wife like all right and then because i'm was, in trouble <laughs> yeah tj was out there 20 days before the fight and started like 18 or something like that I forget how long but uh so we were already out there and they were like hey yeah you're going to japan and so I let my wife know. She's like, oh, dang it. I want to go. Like, And then I was like, I know. I was like, but we're all going to go. So I'm actually taking my whole family with me. So it's going to be amazing. You know, It's like once in a lifetime. But uh, to get that call and know that I was going to go there first and actually experience, I was like, okay, I got to start lining up. Because I wanted to train with some of the Japanese fighters. So when I got there, I did. I actually went into a gym and just said, hey, can I train with you guys? And they were like, yeah, definitely. So I just trained with them just to see their style and feel. Sp- And it is a lot different grappling. Like when they get put in a choke, they like automatically just start gator rolling and just start like it's crazy. (laughs) I was like, Oh, okay. Like so I got to learn their style because sometimes like for instance, a lot of people are nervous to fight Dagestanian fighters until you train with a Dagestanian fighter. Then you're like, Okay, I know these type I know what type of fighter they normally are. Same thing with the Asian style fighters. You don't really know what you're getting yourself into unless you fight one uh one or if you train with some of them so when you train you kind of learn their styles and you're like oh okay this this makes sense now like i'm it gets you a lot more confident
0: you know uh, i'm gonna take a little sidestep is there anything else you want to ask him about his actual fight and the upcoming in japan there john
2: yeah i'm gonna ask you one thing about yeah. your family because i knew you were going to take your family out And you're, you're taking off pretty soon here i know so you're going to be there for a while a lot of fighters don't want to have their family around them when they fight and then there are several they they absolutely want their families to be part of it they love having them there and it they actually they do way better when their family is there how is it that you you figured out exactly what was best for you
1: uh well my wife she 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 known me so your wife's awesome she's crazy about fighting and i love her yeah so she we uh she always watched me wrestle and things like that and just coming from a combat family it was just like man there was one day i wanted to fight you know and uh but my dad put us in wrestling instead and then when the opportunity come to fight mma i did and so my dreams had now become my family dreams like my kids i feel like it's a better education for them to go to a different country than it is to go to the school that they're at right now me personally like the education that's, that's without a doubt yeah. by the way no, that's no doubt, doubt that's
2: good parenting right there, Yes, learning sir.
1: how other people live and learning how different cultures survive and seeing that's a life yeah, experience the life experience and know how they create businesses how they generate revenue what's it like for them to live how it how it is for them to sacrifice and go through hard times like that's real life experience that uh they will never be taught in a classroom not only that it's just like when you be when you're able to travel as you get older me having a daughter personally i just want her to experience things that isn't gonna wow her when some guy tries to take her to a beach and takes her out for dinner. It's like, you know, like, what's it? Like, I want my daughter to be spoiled. You know, she, my dad took me across the world all the time to go watch him fight and do these things, you know, so not saying that I'm making her bougie, but I want her to understand that there's a lot out there that she could experience. The same thing's for my boys. If you work hard and you work your ass off, like this is where what you could do with the rest of your life. You don't have to be tied down. The old generation of thinking, of obviously you got to save money but you got to you got to buy a house you got to stay settled you got to prepare for the future like no you could do that in other countries as well you know so that's what i want my kids to experience
0: this is a big deal the co-promotion between rising and and bellator but bellator still has a lot of business going on in your weight class at 135 oh, yeah. did you get a chance to watch the fights last weekend
1: yeah i mean i honestly i, I got to train with apache the but- before he had taken off the fight yeah. and I was just like Holy we had heard shit. that yeah this guy this guy's ready you know <laughs> and so uh he he put a shout out on Instagram and was just like hey I'm looking to train anywhere will work please I'm willing to drive and I felt bad for him I'm like hey my gym is always open and we're training today at 10 30 come through if you want and he said please thank you and then we had a good training you know it was more focused on him and like making sure he was ready there was no ego involved and so When you have that type of environment, uh, you flourish with each other and you're able to bounce ideas off each other. And then we talked about, I say, Hey, don't get it twisted. And he said the same thing. Like, we're going to fight again. We're going to make this happen. Like, (laughs) you know, when I win this tournament and I go check out Magomedov this, this next weekend, we're gonna, and I do the same thing. to Stots and Pettis you're, you're gonna, you're gonna get the rematch. I was like, hell yeah. All right. But yeah, there's a lot of business to be settled. I still have some things that I need to do too, to make my name known that, uh, as soon as patchy is done with the tournament our thoughts. And then after Sergio gets his, uh, his fight to, um, to unify, then, uh, i hopefully I'll be waiting at the doorstep.
2: Let me, let me ask you this because you had worked out with patchy mix long ago when he was at Jackson wink, you had grappled with him some there. You then had a world title fight with him that for the first two rounds, he was all over you and you took over that fight. And it, in, I think Josh and my estimation, a lot of it was about maturity. It was your maturity as a fighter that took over, and you were able to start to dictate the pace and everything on it, and he didn't know how to change that. And now you've gone and worked out with him before his fight with Magomed. What were the differences that you've seen in those three times that you've actually been been around him?
1: Knowing when the kill shot's there, he's actually – I mean, he's a wizard when it comes to grappling. There's no doubt about it, right? And uh, I felt like Magomedov in the first round should have known, okay, I can't shoot on this guy. I got to wear him down more. I got to be able to keep this distance if I have that striking advantage, which he didn't He didn't get to utilize to his advantage. No. Maybe it was because of the Barzola fight fight. Uh, um, because of his Barzola fight, where he was getting tagged up, so he started getting nervous. When and maybe someone got in his ear, like you got to utilize the wrestling in order to set up your hands and things like that. Well, that was for that fight. For, for someone like Patchy, you can't be utilizing the wrestling to set up your your punching. You got to use your punching to set up the wrestling on him. And uh, you know, at least in the beginning, right? Because Patchy, once when you're dry and that that first guillotine got sunk in on Magomed, I was like, oh, it's over. Like, if he shoots again, it's a wrap. <laughs> so, yeah, he found the kill shots, you know, and that that's the mm-hmm. difference with him. He knows when he has something and he'll exploit it.
0: When you – look, there's a lot of buzz right now that he's potentially the best grappler at 135 pounds. I mean, I know Al is considered, you know, a, a top-level grappler in the oc and, you know, he's got some other guys. And I know that uh, Demetrius Johnson's not a 135-pounder, but he's a phenomenal grappler as well. Mm-hmm. Just the pressure he can put for being – the size that he is, where do you put patchy in that, in that mix? No pun intended. <laughs> yeah,
1: hey, I think just even overall in all MMA, right? Cause you got like a guy like Charles Oliveira, you got mm-hmm. patchy mix. You got, like you said, Demetrius, he's definitely in my top five. I think, uh, with Charles, he's more of like a snake. He'll, he'll find something and catch it uh demetrius will set it up and he will continue to use um you know his wrestling and his punching and his ground and pound to open it up while patchy i the reason why i rank him above all those guys is because his transitions to be able to do everything like if he doesn't have that guillotine he's slowly switching into your back and getting the back and getting the neck and then going from the arm bar and then you know just going for the the spladle he's doing he, he's able to utilize his figure four into his hooks into one hook in and then go back and even off his, off his back he's looking to get the choke looking to get the sweep so he's able to put all those ideas together in one where we've never really seen Aljo being able to choke someone or do things off the back that something like Patchy could do where uh, Olivera, you see him do it, but you can't see him be able to dictate all those and be able to come off his back onto the, off his own back, get onto someone's back and still have that offense and defense put together to be able to utilize the whole genre of his jujitsu where I think Patchy does a great job on putting it all together all of his grappling he puts it all together and i rank him above all those guys
2: damn that's high praise baby all right let's get off apache mix he is in the finals for that million dollars along with rafi on stats let's talk about the fights that are coming up on new year's eve you've got you with kim we've got rabatinoff he's got takeda that's a yeah. good matchup. Yeah, Do you definitely. know about any of these other guys? Have you ever watched any of these other ones? Cause I've watched them all and there's some tough ass matchups in this thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've tried to fight Takeda and um, I was, that was like one of the name. I had him, I had Kron Gracie and there was a few others that I was just, like, please just let me like fight one of these guys, you know, <laughs> but they were like, ah, oh, that's not going to happen. So yeah, I've, I've, I've watched uh, a lot and you know, patricio's guy um i'm sorry I'm, I'm drawing a blank on his name uh, clever coca Erbst. yeah yeah i mean he's he's legit right I submission mean, game yeah and him and aj have a very similar guy that they're fighting against each yep. other D'Souza. Like, souza souza is going to come out there and you know try to get it to the ground and Fast. but i don't think he really knows how good aj can be off his back especially with his elbows and the striking like aj's a monster and i'm i'm excited to see that <laughs> matchup if AJ can keep us standing where he starts, the guy really starts to take the panic shots to Souza Then he's like, that guy's going to be in a, in a long fight. So, but I, I definitely have us going five and zero that night.
2: Whoa. You know, I don't see,
1: I don't see us losing these because, you know, we just have a lot more to prove going into someone else's house and doing their rules, having it their way. We basically said, here, we're showing up, tell us what you want us to do. And there's a lot of pride that goes into that, you know? And so, if i'm i hope i get to start it off if i don't start it off then um you know i think uh, you know the russian will or uh, i don't even know if it's russian but um uh ramadov yeah, yeah uh i think you know him or i are going to start it off you know and so hopefully that keeps the ball rolling you know and um you know i'm excited to go put my performance on and i know it's going to fire up the guys that go out there and just put a hurting on these guys <laughs>
2: i'll tell you what if if your fight is anything as Colorful and beautiful is the background that you are sitting in. I love that damn thing. <laughs> yeah, that is fantastic. But yeah. I can't wait for your fights because look, th- there's some great matchups here, and the way that the, it all came together and and how it is, I look at it. it you know, it could be five zero, but it, yeah. you, you never know because all it takes is one. And it is MMA. You know, it's yeah. like Hor Horiguchi is going against someone that he he's fought twice. That's yeah. not easy though.
1: Yeah, Fighting not. a guy
2: a third time, it's not an easy thing.
1: No, and uh, yeah, and that's what it's like, you know, it's like the Brandon Moreno and Figueredo fight. Like, they're fighting each other for the fourth time, knowing that they're each other's weaknesses, you know, and their strengths. It's rough and so hero yeah, masa is legit like hero masa is really good and you're gonna see both these guys actually have to cut down at 25 to wonder if the cut's gonna actually start playing the toll or if the, if the cut makes makes a difference you know so even for us like we're i'm I, we usually weighing at 136 you know this fight i have to weigh in at 134.4 so i'll just scratching my head like oh shit like okay like there's, <laughs> there's no time allowance like my I've, I've, i had to do the extra things but i'm prepared you know know like there's there's nothing in my way to stop me from making noise and continue my quest to be the best martial artist that I could possibly be. And that starts yeah. with Japan. You know, this is the biggest fight of my life and I'm looking forward to it. And I'm I, I am truly honored that Scott actually had the balls to go him and Saki Abara, to say, let's do this. Let's go five first five and really see <laughs> who's gonna be the best ta- because
2: look it really takes balls because if you're a promoter <laughs> and you go 0 and five Oh, that is not man. a good day for you. <laughs> you know, it's, that is that is hard to come off of. So, man. And it could happen to either one. You're taking a look and you're going, man, you are taking a big chance. And that's why, you know, a lot of people are, you know, you know, saying things about Dana doesn't ma- take this chance because, hey, why am I going to take that chance? That could be bad for me. I'm not going to do that.
1: Well, Don I'm, Davis and the one FC guy, too. They're like running their mouth. They're like, oh, da-da-da. put your money where your mouth. We oh, yeah, are doing this. Go. We're doing this right now. Like this is happening on New Year's. Don't say like, oh, you know, like, well, the only person I'll do it with is UFC or the only person I want to do is Cyborg and, and Kayla Harris. Exactly. No, put your champs up, motherfucker. Like, you're over yeah, here saying oh, like, da da da, and And oh, we're better than Bellator. Your guys at 45 are not better than me. I guarantee that <laughs> shit. Like, I'll go up to 55 and 45 and win both of your belts in the same night. Like, I, I know for a fact I can. Like, don't sit here and belittle me as a fighter and the guy from 1FC when I've already beat some of his guys that he has on his roster that are winning the belts like don't sit here and talk mess you know
0: (laughs) well i've had this i've had this an in-depth conversation with coker about this and when he called me and said hey we're gonna do this and i was thinking to myself man this is a big chance you're taking a big chance but then when he started explaining to me he's like look i'm not actually taking a chance what i'm doing is i'm giving these guys the opportunity to do what they've always wanted to do they wanted to fight in japan history in Saitama arena all of these things are big things that fighters have always dreamt of from the pride days, the dream days, all of those things. His job, he, and he'll explain it to me, the way he explained it to me was, my job is to promote, to promote them the best I possibly can. This is a huge opportunity to be part of history. Not just like, okay, we have another show on Saturday night. Okay, we have another big event, you know, in, in Dublin. We've got one over. In, no, no. We're doing New Year's Eve in Japan. Inside Tama Arena.
2: Come on, get excited, baby. Oh. It's, it's gonna be it's gonna be insane. It's I gonna think. be insane. He, he did he did say he goes, How do I take that away from my guy?
1: I know. And yeah. I was like
2: uh, Okay, I'm all in. Sounds and good so to me.
0: When when he had talked to me, he said, My job is to promote put them in the best situation I can and promote them and give them the, the time the opportunity to shine. This is your opportunity. Yeah. I mean, that's what your promoter thinks of you right now. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm putting you in the biggest situation I could possibly put you in. And it's but... up to you to win fights. It's not, he's like, my job is to promote. Their job is to fight and win.
1: Yeah. That's it. A hundred percent. That's
0: how promoters, that's how promoters should be looking at this. This is not like, sure, it is my organization versus your organization. But at the end of the day, it's, I'm giving my fighters the best chance to make themselves stars uh-huh. in, in an opportunity always dropped oh, up man always i'm getting dropped.
1: goosebumps
0: just Not you a, me i
1: jealous, tell you no i mean definitely this is the first time that this is really going to happen uh the only thing that would sweeten the deal and it's going to happen in the future i guarantee it but it's already happened with uh horiguchi hmm. it's going to be promotion title versus promotion title coming up in the future you know let's see how this first one goes let's see how these guys throw down let's see the noise behind it and pretty soon you're not going to be able to deny it, you know, because everyone's going to – once he, we make this history, thanks to Scott Coker and the Bellator organization and all you guys that have done everything to make this happen, like there's no turning back after this. Like there's nothing that – this is the first stone that's going to be unraveled and overturned and in generations to come, you know. it was like boxing. Like why did they get so little? It was only fighting for the WBO belt. That's it. Like, okay, I'm signed to the WBO. I'm just signed until they started integrating the WBO, the WBC, the WBA, and all these other things. like Then it started generating more uh, revenue for everyone. you know. And so that's what's going to happen right now. It's going to generate a, so much revenue uh, this first time out. Granted, it's going to be one of the, the most spectacular things because not only is it just the Bellator fighters, they started just pulling people from everywhere. Uh, Saki Abaro started putting really good matchups together for that night. And so praise him too because he's he's going out on a limb and said, Hey, if I'm going, yep. if I'm gonna go a little bit in, I might as well go all in. So he put all his chips in and said, Screw it, let's run it.
2: Oh, there's no doubt. He look at he went balls deep in this one. <laughs> and you take a look, there's no better place. I am telling you, I've been there, I've been to the shows on New Year's Eve. It's something that you have to experience to understand. Oh. They put on an unbelievable promotion. You're going to love being able to fight there. And I personally think, I think these fights are going to be fantastic because yeah, you're fighting for yourself, but you've also, I don't want to let the other guys down. I don't want to let my promoter down. And that's the way it's going to you know be on both sides. I think these fights are just going to be fire.
1: Yeah. It's just like the – the. It's, that's why people like watching the World Cup, right? Like you're going country versus country. Like this is a nail-biter. Like all these games that have been on uh, the World Cup had been nail-biter. You're like, oh, man, like this is insane because no one wants to lose. No one wants to be disrespected or, you know, give up their chance to be able to show that they are dominant. you know? And that's what we're going to do going into there. We're going to show our dominance. We're going to show why we were chosen – the top five chosen and go out there and put on a show like we were told to do and know that we could do you know
0: do you look at the fact that you took this fight accepted this fight it's on new year's eve in japan biggest co-promotion in mma history but then bellator a couple weeks later announces cbs (laughs) are you going damn should i have fought cbs are you are it's it's like yeah it's like which if, you, if they say if they lay them out in front of you say hey which one,
1: a hundred percent I'm going to choose Japan. Like All right, there, I, you go. I, there you go. Yeah, I, I like this is legitimately history in the making. Like obviously Fedor's goodbye fight is uh, uh, history in the making as well. You know, and it's gonna. Be, I fought on a couple of his cards and it's an honor. But who goes to say that things don't go my way this fight? <laughs> when they yeah. go my way and I finish this yeah. dude. that cookies gonna be like, hey, we need to put you on in LA because we need <laughs> you know, you to generate some fans and You're not the I, only uh, guy that has said that. You're, yeah. You're yeah. Your home crowd there, right? And that's why yeah, I was like, it. Okay, there's still about two or three more spots. Me and AJ can get on this card, you know? So <laughs> but uh yeah, that's uh, I mean and hey we had talked about that too, because I actually had a really good talk with AJ when we were in Japan and it was like, Man like, you know, we have a, a lot of the similar mind frames, you know, and we're just like, man, we're, we're both on that, on that same mission to be the best we could be and, and leave our mark in history as some of the best martial artists to step in the Bellator's cage.
2: Is this, you know, there were things when I was just roughing. there was things that would, that's a bucket list for me. I want to do that. I want to, I want to go, I want to work that show. I want to work that fighter, I, whatever it was. And I, and I, I got to attain every one of them that was special to me. And one of them, you know, was Madison Square Garden because New York took forever. But I said, you know, I, I want, you know, one of my favorite things growing up was Muhammad Ali versus Joe Frazier that happened in Madison Square Garden. Um. And it was like I walked through Madison Square Garden. They had the pictures on the wall and I went, God damn it, I made it. This is awesome. Oh, yeah. Is that kind of what this is for you on this on this one?
1: Yeah, I mean very similar to what you just said about Madison Square Garden. That was definitely a bucket list for me too and to get a knockout like I did against a former champ. Like that yep. was like man, like I rise to a, the occasion. Like that was a an extreme bucket list on, uh, or a, a a moment of my of mine to be on my bucket list. And then this was cream of the, like if I could if I never fight a fight again and I I get this opportunity after this and I never fight again, like my my whole thing's complete, you know, and uh, and my career's complete because I got to do everything that I sought out to do for my career, and which was number one was my first bucket list was to win a belt in every organization I fought for. The next thing was to fight somewhere big in LA, which was the forum. and then next was New York, it was a Madison Square Garden, and I always wanted the top of my list was definitely fighting in Japan and just getting that opportunity. and here it is knocking on the door right now.
0: Serious man, I mean I went through something very similar in terms of Fighting there in Japan and then I fought there before Also it in, in pride And just I have to tell our Bellator guys Don't eat the Bento box like John will tell you <laughs> Don't eat any food they give you in the back <laughs> Try to nope, go nope, to nope. The, Try to go to the venue as late As you possibly can because once they Get you in the venue They're going try to
2: get you there so early
0: Yep so you'll be sure they'll try to get you there at like 10 11 in the morning and you yep. won't fight until, until like you're fighting night, at 10 at night till, yeah until 10 11 o'clock at night so mm-hmm. and then take whatever foods you can with you that all you the food you're to gonna eat, eat all the food you're gonna eat, bring bring it yeah. with you and yeah and make sure that you have all the food and drink that you can take with you also if you can take pillows from the hotel blankets steal and pillows still them because it's cold in the back <laughs> And all they give you is a little straw mat, <laughs> like a little straw mat to train on. One. They give you one, maybe two, depending on one of the person. But that's what you work out on and normally. That's back yeah. then. But I'm just giving you a heads up, yeah. brother. You know? Yeah,
1: definitely. No, thank Thanks you. to look yeah. forward to. Yeah, I mean, it, was, to. it was very similar to Lithuania when I went out there. They like and even when I went to uh Belarus when I went out there to wrestle, they gave they gave you like the least amount of stuff they could possibly do. I always brought my food from home and like sometimes I would have trouble with customs but i'm i would be like hey i'm a diabetic or like hey this is like i'm an extreme athlete i need these type of things to be able to function and be able to live the these days that i'm going to be here so hopefully i don't run into any of that problems um, because food could wait afterwards i've eaten at japan I've, i've ate the food at japan and it was extremely good and i do have some contacts there that can take care of me if need be but First and foremost, I'm definitely going to take everything that I need to with me, and so yeah, hell yeah. I, I I've played this game and I know the way that uh, some promoters work, and it's they try to act like they don't, but I know how shiesty shy some of them can be. You know,
2: very honorable up front, and in the back, yeah. look out, baby, because they're going to yeah. do whatever they can to make it yeah. to where you have a hard time winning. Yeah. Sorry, ask,
1: one tape. Hopefully, uh, you could tape your hands with it. <laughs> oh, you can't. Here, tape. Here's
2: scotch tape. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you. This. Give me one thing that uh, no one knows about Juan Archuleta that we should know that makes it to where people have to watch you.
1: And one, th- so. I never really put my training and my things out and for the public eye to see because I feel like what I do in the dark always comes to light and when that light comes, it's my performance. And so one thing that people really have to know about me is how hard I bust my ass to train to be able to perform the way I do. And people have to know that I'm training 10 to eight to ten hour days and putting in those times and you know it's pretty much sun up to sun down for me like even more right like along those lines but uh th- i'm a hard worker and i'm gonna go in there and i'm gonna put on a performance like you can guarantee a great performance come out uh, coming from me come fight night and that's why they need to tune in because i fight with my heart on my sleeve and i've always have and i always will and i'm there to entertain first and foremost and if the fight's not entertaining i didn't do my job but if the fight has been entertaining with the crowd ooing and aahing, I know I've done my job, and that's what I'm going to do come fight night in uh, on New Year's Eve.
0: You and I had a conversation uh, the last, after your last fight. I think it was in Hawaii. Or not your last fight, but the, the fight in Hawaii. We talked about this like in terms of you looked phenomenal in Hawaii. We, we've talked about your frustration a little bit with 135, potentially 145. You can even go all the way up to 155. Where's your home going to lie at? I mean, obviously, this fight being, you know, in Japan, but then coming back into Bellator, settling that 135-pound title when, you know, the winner of the Grand Prix fighting Sergio, where do you still lie? Where, where, where do you want – where do you see yourself?
1: Yeah, that's going to be the talk with uh, – after this fight is like, okay, where do you need me? Like, obviously, the money fights right now are at 35 Like, I could go in there right now and definitely beat Borix and Mads Burnell and Pedro Cavallo. I've tried to get those fights, and I've gotten turned down. But it was like, okay, like, for now – my season is at 135. So let's let's finish writing this out because I know I know I'm one of the best 135ers. It does take a process to get there, but I just need to know, you know. And that's that was my conversation that I had with Kogan and and Coker just like just let me know. That's it. Like if you need me at this weight class and I know that I'm, I have to bounce around in order to find fights or get fights and stay active, then I'll stay at 135 and just keep me active. That way I'm not going in between 135, waiting six to seven months to fight again. And I'm uh, starting my camp out at 185, 190, you know, because these things do take time. And I do train and I do lift and I'm wrestling some of the best wrestlers in the world and coaching some really high profile wrestlers that I have to gain that weight in order for them. You know, and just I enjoy my life. I like to eat. You know, I'm Hispanic, so we definitely eat heavy. You
0: definitely must like to eat if you're at 180. Jesus.
1: Yeah. I mean, for me, like, yeah. And it's not that I'm, like, I don't get fat, right? Like, I have muscle. Like, I lift throughout these times. I'm training still. But it's like my muscles do get fed, you know, cutting down on 135, and then all of a sudden you eat and you start eating breads and pastas and refined carbohydrates that your body hadn't been used to in the, you know, 12 weeks of preparation. Now, all of a sudden, it's it's lingering around. Like, that's just the thing. It's like, I'll live this clean lifestyle if I know I'm going to stay this 135, which I plan on. And because those are big fights right now, like... Rufio and star re- rematch, the patchy mix rematch, the Sergio Pettis rematch. Like, those are the next three fights that I see myself fighting. Mm-hmm. Like, whoever loses in the finals, I know I'm having next. Like, th- there's mm-hmm. no doubt in my mind, you know. But if, if they throw someone else at me before that finals happen, because I don't know if they said the date or not on the um, Grand Prix. But if not, then, you know, put me against Magomedov, come up in, uh, you know, as soon as possible, you know, or whoever it may be.
0: So... We talked about Patchy Mix, you trained with him. We talked about um, you know, the the fights that happened that night. Sergi uh is now in the finals. But let's talk about the one that got basically <laughs> propped up that whole that whole thing with between him and Patch between him and Rafion was Danny Sabatello. Well, give me some thoughts on him. He's he's kind of exploded into into Bellator. Big time talking piece. What did you think of his performance? That did you did you think Rafael won that? And then where do you see him in this mix at 135?
1: Yeah, I mean, definitely has uh, has to learn how to grow, right? I got, uh I think when I was around his his career uh, with, with fights he had, I was very similar. But I would have I would use my ground and pound more um, because I was more of a ground and pound artist, and I was just wrestling in control and looking for a submission. I'd rather punch someone than submit them. So uh, I think he definitely has a lot of talent. I knew both of those guys, I mean, I knew that it was going to be a style of fight like that, that it was going to be very, to me, wasn't really entertaining because I knew the exchange that was going to happen, you know, and they were just going to talk it up and then not deliver. Uh, I thought that Magomedov and Patchy were going to deliver, and I thought that was the most underrated fight that was going to be talked about because I knew how well Patchy was going to come out and look grappling wise. But with these two, uh sabatello just needs to believe a little more in his stand-up which is scary because he really hasn't had that uh for me i'm gonna be honest and king of the cage joe daddy made me carry people on those five rounds just to get comfortable on my feet and then when i got into the bigger promotions it was like in bigger and better fights i was a lot more confident i don't think when he came up he was able to take the time and really develop inside the cage. So his cage time wasn't as much on his feet as it is with the grappling. Now with Stott, you see the opposite. Like he, uh, very defensive, which is a Rufus Sports type of style of fighting, very defensive, wait on you, try to lower you to sleep, play the distance game, which is fine. But at the same time, now you don't have offense to show how good your wrestling is. Like, you do have good wrestling, I, I do admit. But, again, it's similar to your stand-up style. It's very defensive. Like, you'll do something if someone is offensive, you do it defensively to get the takedown. Put some offense together and show how really well-rounded your offense is that leads into your great wrestling that you have. I do agree he does have... Really good wrestling, and it's Division Two style wrestling, and that doesn't take it away that he's a Division Two champion. But Sabatello, now you know he showed that. Okay, he showed Sabatello. Look, I could defend your takedowns. You're a Division One athlete. You're a Big Ten athlete. I get it, but I do have comparable wrestling with you, and he showed that, which was props to him, and it did make it for an entertaining wrestling fight that I, I, I was watching. I was like, damn, these guys are going at it. To the untrained eye, they're not going to see the technique. Cality of the of each sport each transition that went on in that fight because it is hard like sabatella it's hard to hold someone down especially someone like Stots and own that much time of writing time you know like in college you get points for writing time you know you get points for takedowns and things like that the control you win the wrestling match like that but you know when you don't do damage and you don't show ground to pound, just punch five times every 20 seconds and you win the fight like Hello? that's it like Yeah, all you got to do is punch the body, knee the knee the legs, and you would have won the fight. Show activity, you know, do something. Don't complain about oh, I I controlled them. Yeah, you controlled them, but five shots every twenty seconds would have gave you the go ahead to win the rounds, man.
2: You try to tell people, look at this. This sport is an offensive based sport, (laughs) and it doesn't matter. You don't get points for positions. You don't Um, get points for just the takedown. It's what do you do with the takedown. And you don't get shit for control unless that guy does nothing too. Yeah. That's the only way you're going to win that whole situation. And you look and you go, man, it, it, it needs to be like, you know, I don't know, brought into his training. Hey, when you have these moments, and it's the one thing that I love about your style, you are willing to break away or to give up the possibility of controlling that position to land shots. And as a wrestler, yeah, you, you got to believe in yourself. I can take this back down if I need to. I've got to score. I've got to do damage, and that's the difference. That's the difference yeah. in the win and loss.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Because now you're you're just giving referees or I mean um, judges a hard. Ju- uh, you know, I'm not taking anything away from the judge. The judging it was hard for me to judge that fight. Like, okay, like I see how people are complaining that Doug Crosby gave. Uh, you know him the five rounds. I also see why Doug Crosby gave him uh, those five rounds. So for me as a fighter, like I could understand his conflict right there. It's like, but okay, you got control. You got a few shots that landed for for Stott. You got a few defensive things that happened with with the takedowns and things like that. But who pushed? Who had more options or more offense? So for him, it is a hard judging call to to make those like um uh. They were saying, like, it was – they go back and watch the fight, and it was a very close fight and hard to judge. And I agree with that because you're not giving enough. Like, again, Stotts out there and try to be defensive. Like, you know, yeah, it could have gone either way. Stotts, like, don't be mad that you – that he gave – you got 45 to 50 because you didn't put much offense out there either, and you were looking gassed. Like, he wore you down. Like, that looks bad for judging as well, you know. You got to look at body language too. Yep. <clears throat> so i i'm not def- you know i kind of am defending judging but like at the same time like fuck the guys <laughs> off the couch you go do it then go apply for your damn judging things and see if uh, you can can become a judge Fight, that guy, fighters that uh, are guy, sitting there guys that right are talking around,
2: about like, it are the same as the guys that talk about fighting yeah they're on the couch no. they're they're awesome at it yeah. doesn't yeah. matter same, man
1: same <laughs> fighters you guys are fighters you know it's just like you guys fighters gotta go out complain. there put the offense out there yeah
2: let's be honest fighters
0: want to complain right but yeah. I would say 90% of them don't even know the rules.
1: Oh, they don't. Yeah, they don't. Like they me, obviously
0: don't. They obviously don't know the judging criteria either. Boy, they don't. Yeah. So.
1: I was the only fighter on the the mma or the bellator and risen um rule set because i want to know like paul's like no you sleep i'm like no i want to know these rules i want to know what i can and can't do i want to know how this judging is going and i have questions that need to be asked so when i i tell them you told me this you told me i could do this like don't sit here and tell me you i can't do this now you know yeah (laughs) so exactly it you got to educate yourself to be educated, to educate others, to know the sport, you know? Yeah. Well,
2: wow. Juan, we want to tell you, hey, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, best of luck. Enjoy your time in Japan. <laughs> Obviously, it's a business trip in the beginning. Yes. And then after you get that win, enjoy the time with your family in Japan. Having oh, Christmas yeah. and your New Year there and everything. I just uh, wish you the very best, brother. Uh, thank you guys thank you guys for having me I, on i got i got, I got
0: one more thing go, oh go yes, baby please
2: stotts mix who's wins
0: and then you your fight how do you how do you get it done well like
1: okay that. i i i honestly feel patchy's gonna get the job done in one i think he submits mm-hmm. him in the first round i think he's very, he's so much confident right now, where stats is going to start questioning his wrestling and his ability to not be controlled. So I think that goes into Patchy's favor. Patchy sitting there watching it and being able to take it all in and know way he could, how he could exploit Stotts is very favorable for Patchy. Um, my fight, I, the reason why I'm going to walk out in this costume is the reason why I love going 15 minutes. You know. Um, you know this is going to represent more of my his my mexican side culture of of me so you know warriors back then were known to not kill their opponents but be able to capture them and bring them back for um you know rituals and traditions of human sacrifice and things like that but uh, you know i definitely feel <laughs> like i just want to go out there and I want to soak in the moment. I don't want to finish this fight. I don't want to be finished in this fight. So I want to go out there and take all 15 minutes in and win by either him quitting or just win a unanimous decision, all judges scoring the whole. So this whole fight, Uh, just if fans don't know, is going to be scored by its entirety. It's not round by round by round. It's going to say, okay, this round, and then it's going to follow into the next round. Then it's going to follow into the next round. Mm -hmm. So if you win two rounds, you definitely don't win the fight. Like if you're winning the first and the second, you're going into the third. doesn't mean you're going to win the fight. So they're going to judge the fight in its entirety. So I yeah. want to show how dominant I can be out there and show that no matter what, how, however you're going to judge it, no matter what, you're going to have to choose me.
0: The old school pride way was the first round was 10 minutes and the second round was five. And it was a 10, it was a 15 minute fight, but the first round was 10, second one was five. You could lose the whole first 10 minute round, but it was how you <laughs> finished the five minutes is what they really judged it on. So if you dominated that or you fought to finish the fight, that's they would the almost finish in the fight. They would always try to. They would always try to give you the, the decision. So, but hey, yeah. thank you so much for coming on, and uh, we yeah, appreciate yeah, you, you. Yeah. and uh, enjoy your time, Christmas and uh, New Year's Eve, and oh, yeah. enjoy, yeah. man, have a good time.
2: And uh, you
1: guys are going to be out there.
2: No, no, neither of us will be out there. Yeah. I will be watching you from New York. And we will be doing okay. a broadcast from okay. New York while you're fighting. So okay. I get to watch it as oh, it's shit. happening. But it's from a distance. But I just want to tell you, hey, like he said, best of luck. Go out and do your thing. And for everyone out there, I hope you enjoyed listening to the man, Juan Archuleta, the Spaniard who will be competing in Ryzen on New Year's Eve 1231, Bellator versus Ryzen. Check it out. It will be something special on New Year's Eve. We will see you.